You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I am your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm here with Amber Runyon, candlemaker and storyteller. She was a hospice nurse who's now become a social entrepreneur. She founded Legacy and 11th Candle Co. out of the desire to bring hope to women in both the U.S. and in Ethiopia who've been vulnerable to human trafficking, abuse, exploitation, and addiction. She focuses on providing a therapeutic work setting that allows all women a fair chance and opportunity to grow. The bottom line, she says, I believe that if we teach little girls to dream, they will have the force that changes this world. I believe more than that, that if we teach broken women to dream like little girls again, it will be a force that the world has yet to see. I want to welcome to the show with open arms, Amber Runyon. Hey, Amber, welcome to She Rises. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about having you on. I love your mission. You know, I love the story of how it came to be. I had a chance to, you know, browse around and on Vimeo and watch some of your videos and, and check out your website. But I'd love for you to share with the audience how this all began and, and you know, what it's turned into. Yeah, so I am a nurse and I was doing a bunch of medical clinics um, kind of in a couple of different parts of Africa and in Haiti and Honduras. And one of my trips landed me in Ethiopia and I fell in love with a little girl named Mulu. And then I just kept going back to see her over and over and over again a number of times a year for four or five years. And the more I got involved in her community and and the more I got to see the need that they had. And, And one day I saw two little girls being trafficked there about five and seven. And I asked like, what is, what's happening? Like they were blindfolded and kind of being led through this crowd. I'm like, what's, what's happening? Oh my God. And my translator said, just so very matter of fact, they're being sold. And I'm like, they're, I'm sorry, they're what? And he said, they're being sold. And I said, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying to me. And he said, oh, they're blindfolded so they can't figure out what brothel they're at, like so that they can't escape. And I was like, what? Broad daylight. And I was like, oh my goodness. Um, oh my God. And so I came back to Columbus and I started researching, you know, Columbus, Ohio is the biggest social issues and, you know, human trafficking in, in Columbus and found out that Columbus, Ohio, the, 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 the state of Ohio is fourth in the United States for human trafficking. And I thought, oh my goodness the same reality that, that they face over there is the same reality that we face right here. And that if Mulu were to ever come home to the United States with me, like if she were to ever come back with me, that she had the same likelihood of being trafficked here as she did there. And I thought, I just don't want to live in a world where little boys and little girls, little girls could be bought and sold. And oh so that's God. kind of how I got into. Blows your mind. Like, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but yeah. I, I'm, I, I mean, I read it. And I watched the video and I, and I have a friend who actually, unfortunately, well, fortunately is a survivor of human trafficking. And, you know, we've gotten together and talked about her book and, and the foundation she's starting. And so I know that it's a reality. Like I, I know it, but it's like, I have chills up and down my spine hearing you 
having this happen right before your eyes is so different than just knowing about it almost in theory. Like, yeah, this is something that happens. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I think that a lot of people think that it's something that happens over there, wherever over Mm -hmm. there is, but that it couldn't quite possibly be happening in our very own backyard. And and it's true. It's happening to, to our girls. It's happening to our women. It's happening to our boys. And it's a very real reality that is not talked about often and that is done in darkness. And so it's just this issue that either people don't want to hear about because they're not quite for sure what to do about it, or they just, they simply can't wrap their heads around the fact that this is actually happening. Yeah. I mean, I remember sitting with, with my friend and her telling me, and she's, she's here, she's from Toronto. um, And I would just, I was looking at her with probably my face on the floor because I was incredulous, like it here, like you, like you just said, like, we don't think it happens here right under our noses. And yet there's this underbelly that it's happening. And awareness is the thing that actually will help to start, you know, breaking the problem or fixing the problem rather. Okay. So take us forward then. So you came home, you did this research on Ohio and realized all this stuff and, and then what? Yeah, and so their community, they just kept asking me, help us, help us, help us, help us. And, and so finally, I, 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 you know, kind of realized that I didn't want to live in a world where little girls and little boys could be bought and sold. And that there are a multitude of issues over in Ethiopia that also needed a lot of help and attention. And so when I looked at human trafficking and that if we are to go from rape to redeemed, how do we do that? How do we take this, this horrific thing that's happened to somebody and take them from that place and move them to a place of wholeness and to a place mm-hmm. of wellness, right? And so I looked at it from a city standpoint, a state standpoint, and a nationwide standpoint, and quite frankly, a worldwide standpoint. Like, how do we go about doing that? And I recognized that in our city, and our state, where we fell really short was employment. And that people really need three things to thrive, safe place, safe people, and purpose. And we always forget that purpose piece. They have to have a reason to get out of bed. They don't want our used t-shirts. They want jobs and they don't want our blessing bags. They want their kids back. Mm -hmm. And so we have to create this place where they can find purpose because if we have purpose, then we are better people, right? If I didn't have a reason to get out of bed, I'd probably still be sleeping right now. Right. Yeah, totally. And so it's the same thing. And so, so when I looked at that purpose is where we really lack in this spectrum, I decided that I would start a company and employ people. That seemed like the right thing to do. And so I Googled cheapest company to start. It was a candle company and I started a candle company. And there you go. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And you know what I love most about it is that Yes, of course, you saw the injustices and you came home and you did your research and you did your due diligence. But often like people will do that and they get stuck in this place of helplessness of like, what could I do? Like, there's nothing I could do. Like, I'm small little me in my life here. Like, what could I do? And I love that you just got immediately proactive with a solution and created something beautiful. And by the way, I will like never buy my candles anywhere else now. Um, We appreciate that. We appreciate that. I will, because it's just, it, means so much to me. I'm getting choked up. It means so much to me that what, where my purchasing dollars go are actually supporting something beautiful and big to, to heal this, this beautiful blue marble we all live on. So Yeah. And that's something that I talk about a lot is, is our purchasing power. So if every single one of your listeners just bought their gifts from us, you already have to buy gifts anyways. And if you buy your gifts from us, we have the ability to change hundreds of thousands of lives. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and so if we, if we really look at the way that we purchase and the way that we use things and the way that we, that we do things, that's how we can change the world. If, so for example, it's hard to live a life where like you always support because it is more expensive because the cost to employ is more expensive. And, and so any accessory that I wear, so any, any bag, any jewelry, anything like that is all made by a survivor. So I picked one area of my life in gifts, obviously everybody, I'm like Oprah, everybody gets a candle. Um, <laughs> and so, so my friends are like, really? And I'm like, look, I can't be creative. I'm tired. But that was one area of my life where I was like, you know what? When I purchase, I'm going to purchase on purpose from these companies because this is actually helping somebody. Yeah. I mean, and it just brings home the point again, too, that people sometimes get overwhelmed and they think, oh my God, I, you know, I can't change everything. Like, you know, this is my, I don't know, my favorite brand of window cleaner. Like, I don't know if I want to, you know, they get really too wrapped up in this big, like global thing. It gets overwhelming. But like you said, change one thing, change one, you know, you said your buying power around your gifts and that could just be the one thing. But I mean, how many people buy gifts for birthdays, gifts for Christmas, gifts for whatever, graduations, et cetera. And if you just make it that pledge that that's where they come from, you know, you, you're doing a big thing. Sometimes people think, oh, that's not enough. Like I, I need to change everything. And you really don't. It's, it's even that one thing that'll make such a huge difference. Oh, I, I tell people that all the time. Like you don't have to start a for-profit, a nonprofit, a foreign or domestic company and completely change and rewrap your life just by your gifts. Like yeah. that actually, people all the time, how can we help support your company? Buy our candles. Right. They're like, no, no, no. Like I want to help support your company. And I'm like, really just buy your candles. Yeah. If you, have, if you, if you have corporate, if you have corporate gifts to give away, like if you're an HR person or an or CEO and you, every year you have to buy a gift for somebody, buy them from us. That changes the landscape of people's lives. Because if we don't sell candles, we don't employ people. The more yeah. candles that we sell, the more people that we can employ, the more people that we can employ, the more people who get coaching and counseling and employment opportunities, the more that these women get this safe place to come to, these safe people to be with and this purpose to not live the lifestyle that they've lived before. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, why you started the company. So yes, bye. Everyone listening, bye. Um, <laughs> and we'll give you a promo code. Uh, we'll, follow, we'll follow up with that and give you, it's, we'll give you a promo code for all of your listeners. Thank you very much for that. Tell us what happened with, with Mulu. Tell, continue the story for us. Yeah, so the Mulu story actually doesn't have, um, uh, it, it doesn't, uh, hasn't so far ended well. Um, and it's been about two years, about a year and a half, two years since I've seen her. She was actually kidnapped. And so I, we, I haven't, I've not seen her. So that's not a, that's not the super happy ending that everybody wants to hear. But the this reality is, that we need to hear, right? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 It's definitely the chapter that I'm, I'm least, it's my least favorite part to tell. But the thing that I learned, I mean, I've, I'm learning and have learned a lot from that is that I, yes, I started this company for Mulu and knew that I just wanted to make her life better. But because of the love that the two of us share, it's changed the lives of thousands of people. And so when people get so wrapped up in like, what can I do? you know, how can I serve? How can I do this? This really all started just because of a love of a little girl. And so I think that, that people just get so wrapped up in that it has to be something spectacular. And I think that we're looking for the extraordinary and we're missing the opportunity to find joy and to find peace and to find happiness in the ordinary. Like yeah. it, you don't have to do something extraordinary. You can do ordinary things really well with the people that surround you and make incredible change. Oh, it's so good. It's, it is. It's the little tiny things that make a difference. And for everyone listening, like I really, like you, I've already said it three times that I want to drive home this point that it doesn't need to be this overwhelming, huge thing. 
I love that you said that. I'm, I'm so curious, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and coaching a lot of entrepreneurs, I, I'm always curious about the business, you know, and the leadership behind that. You know, can you tell us a little bit about starting this company and what the journey was even because, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, great. I came back and I did some research and I started this company and I'm sure there's a story even behind that. Of oh, sure. Together. So, yeah. Yeah. If you could share that with us. Yeah. So I don't have a business degree. I'm a nurse and they don't teach you any of this in nursing school. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, they didn't At even all. teach us Excel <laughs> spreadsheets in nursing school. Like, I'm like, what's that? I don't, know, I don't know what that is. And so I've had to learn how to run a business and it's been hard. One thing that I really value is being mentored and mentoring. And so I heavily seek out people to mentor me in different areas. And I, and I seek out people to mentor because I believe that, you know, to give and, and to get, it's a dual street and that if I'm being given to, then I need to give as well. And so mentorship is something that, that I'm very passionate about but also just constantly learning. I mean, I'm always reading, um, always listening to podcasts. I'm always figuring out better ways to do things from the way that we do production to the people that we partner with to do all of our, all of our counseling to, and it's about creating and forming those relationships, but it has not always been easy. We started a company with $250 and we'll do the upwards of a million dollars this year. Um, and we're two and a half. So we have grown exponentially in two and a half years where we just opened up our first retail space and we'll open up two more retail spaces before the end of this year. Like in, like in big significant malls in our city. And so that is not a, a small undertaking. And so it's been, it's been a lot of growth and our company doesn't look the same from one month to the next. And then you have to lead people through that, right? So not only are you leading yourself through that because you don't know how to do that, but then you have to take this whole team of people and lead them through that growth, huge growth and transformation. I mean, we started in one space and have moved three times because we've grown so much. (laughs) That's exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting. And just even hearing about your exponential growth from starting, you know, 200 with 250 uh, or $250 to now upwards of a million in a couple of years, that's massive growth. Plus you've built this team. And like you said, you're sort of like, you're learning to build the plane as you fly it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I run a nonprofit and a for-profit. So I run two completely different companies. Wow. So what, you know, obviously we know the mission, we know the mission and what drives you. And I wonder like on a, is that in your mind, like on a day to day? Like, I mean, we just, before we started recording today, you know, we were just kind of small talking, how's your day, whatever. And you've been up since four or four thirty working. And I said, Oh, do you get to have an early day today? And you're like, no, nope, I'll be, you know, till four thirty tonight, probably it's a 12 hour day. You know, is this in your mind every single day when you wake up or what, what drives you forward? What motivates you every day? Yeah. So about a year or so ago, I had this really big kind of like burnout crisis. The ship is not going well. And the ship meaning myself because I allowed it to consume me. And then I got some really intense hardcore therapy and I've been able to kind of like separate those things out a little bit. Is it on my mind constantly? Absolutely. It's on my mind that there are more people to serve. It's on my mind that there are more kids that are still hungry. But I have this ability now through having been coached and counseled and and whatnot to be able to know that if I'm not healthy, my company is not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, I do work long hours, but I also sometimes leave at noon and go kayaking. And if it's, (laughs) yeah, 
and I take backpacking trips and I travel. But yeah, I mean, what I had to learn the very, very, very hard way was that if I'm not healthy, my company's not healthy. And you can look at a company and if a, healthy is, if a company is healthy and thriving and growing, the leadership is healthy and thriving and growing. If you look at a company and it's got a bad culture and it's got huge turnover, that shows me that the leadership is not healthy. And so I had to learn that the really, really hard way. What motivates me is that I come in and I watch these women work and overcome these huge obstacles and get cars and get apartments and get their kids back and make good life decisions. And that's what motivates me is that, is that I'll never stop working until everybody has the opportunity to have a safe place, safe people and purpose. Right. Oh. And so that's what we have to, that, that's what pushes me is, is this ability for people to have the opportunity. And I'm so glad that you brought that in there because, you know, sometimes someone from the outside could look in and say, oh, well, like it was, look, she just started a company and look, it's great. And now it's thriving. It's so easy, but it's not like there is, and I could imagine that this mission being as big as it is could potentially consume you. I mean, the world is big. The problem is huge. I'm so happy that you brought that in and that you got the support that you needed to, to continue to thrive because- you know, otherwise you're just being consumed by this thing. And I, I could imagine that sometimes you might've felt like I'm, it's not going fast enough or I'm not, I'm not making a big enough difference or, you know, it would be huge. Yeah. I mean, even with our exponential growth, I still struggle with, oh, we're not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. It's, it's that kind of like rat race sort of thing. And what I'm learning and, and, and still have to practice daily is that one is enough. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if I started this entire company and we did all these great things and we only ever helped one person, she was enough. But oh, we have to continue to become better as a company, as leaders, uh, to be able to help more, right? If we can, if we can decrease the, the cost of impact, then we can increase the number of people that we're impacting. Right. Mother Teresa, you know, I admire all of her work and she talked about the starfish and how about that one starfish was worth it. What I'm saying is that we need to become a generation of Mother Teresa's who learned how to knit nets and cast nets and bring them all in. Right. And so Amen. I love that. <laughs> right. But but that's what it's about is that it, 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 the one is worth it a hundred percent. But we can become better and we can become more efficient and we can figure out this justice part of things and be able to help more. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Just preach. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And I could hear, I mean, of course I hear your passion and your dedication and I just, I, I was so excited to have you on to share that. You were making me think as you were talking, you know, about that moment where you sort of recognize like I, this, I'm the leadership here. I need to get some help or it's going to crash and burn. I was watching a Marie Forleo video a, a little while ago, a couple days ago, and there was this beautiful Audre Lorde quote on self-care. And she said, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. And I got chills when I read that. And I just got chills as I was hearing you speak, because for so many people listening, I, you know, there's the type A high achiever, big purpose woman that listens to this show, we can get um, we can get caught up in the business to the detriment of ourselves. And if we don't take that moment to stop and like you said, get therapy or get coaching or get some help, this big thing that you want to do could suffer. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating that we live in this, this world and this culture that tells us that if we take care of ourselves, that we're selfish, mm. but at the end of the day, you are the only thing that you will wake up and go to sleep with. And you're the only thing that you are radically responsible for. 
But yet we continue to put things and people ahead of ourselves for this martyrdom kind of like, oh, I I can't take care of myself. If you don't take care of you, then who's going to take care of you? Right. And so I think that we just, we have to be able to recognize that self-care and and here's the deal. Self-care is not a bubble bath and a manicure, right? Though (laughs) though sometimes it is, though sometimes it is self-care is creating a nightly routine. Self-care is creating a morning routine. Self-care is taking care of those things that have been on your list forever. And self-care is looking into the depths of who you are and recognizing your, your faults and getting help in those that self-care. And sometimes it is a bubble bath. Sometimes, you know what, you just need it. You just need 10 minutes to get yourself together. But self-care is, is not this big like thing that we do on Sundays where we have brunch and mimosas and manicures and pedicures, and that's what we call self-care. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> self-care is the really, really like dirty, shitty work that nobody wants to do. That's Thank self-care. You. Oh, my God. Right? A- amen to that, too. I just like... I- <laughs> I'm just laughing over here because, you know, hashtag self-care Sundays. I mean, of course I've posted those too, but it's not, it's not always a bubble bath. You know, sometimes it's the fact that I, you know, I have a session tomorrow morning with my hypnotherapist and I guarantee you it's not going to be a bubble bath and a bowl of ice cream. It's going to be friggin' hard work. <laughs> there's going to probably be tears and there's that self-care, you know? Absolutely. I love Absolutely. it. Awesome. So what really struck me on your website, and we'll post the link to the website and, and all that stuff in the show notes, but what really struck me, um, what I look at in terms of you know companies and stuff, is your list of values, which is big. And I loved every single one of them. And I, I wanted to read them off for the listeners. And I wonder if you could pick one and maybe speak to it. And maybe it's your favorite one. I don't know if you can have a favorite value, but Maybe it's the one that sort of is the is the rudder of all of it. But so we have it here. took me. I have to say before you share this, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, took yeah. me probably like eight months of just agonizing over those. So I appreciate that you appreciate those. Oh I mean, God, every I one that we chose, and then every every description. I mean, like it was. Yeah, that was something that was incredibly important to me. So I appreciate that. I value, I value your values and I value the time you put into the values. I mean, they really, really struck me and they're beautiful. And they're because to me, they are like, I could get choked up again. They're, they're words of humanity to me and they just say so much. So I'm going to read them. So the, uh, and they're not in any particular order, I presume, but redemption, redemption, grace, relationship, freedom, authenticity, restoration, passion, truth stewardship, empowerment, equipping, integrity. I only can pick one. That's that's hard. I'm like, dang it. I like all of them. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think that I would say probably in this season, the ones that we're really working on myself as a leader and kind of as a team and as a company is authenticity. And the reason that, that, that we're really hitting home on that is because we are starting to become more of a retailed type of company. And we want every person that comes to one of our stores to be able to feel and know the authenticity behind our company. What does it mean? And we are a very, very transparent company. I'm a very transparent leader from, our, from the failures that we have to the successes that we have, both as a company and as a leader. And so what we're really trying to do now is create a culture of authenticity that we can then turn into like a retail so that when you come in, you feel our company, that you understand who we are and to the bones of our company. Um, you get that now if you come to our shop, like there, that is very much. And so what we're trying to do now is craft that into a retail experience. And then 
interesting because when you were reading them, I was like, oh, um, friendship. <laughs> these are good. Um, you were like, I know. I was like, <laughs> those are good. Friendship and relationships, which, which are similar. That is something that is very big for us as a company and that we have good, solid, healthy relationships, um, that we teach healthy relationships and that we weed out the ones that are not healthy for us. And relationships from different corporate sponsors that we have to, to the partners that we've chosen to tie ourselves to. And we don't do that on a whim. I mean, like if we, if we are tying ourselves to somebody and saying that they're our partner, that is something that we take incredibly serious as a company. And so I think that those are two values that just really kind of separate us out as a company is that we really do value. I mean, if you watched our videos, our second year video was not a happy go lucky video. Mm-hmm. It was, look, this stuff is really hard and here's why it's been hard. And so that's something that, that we, and I remember when, when we went to publish it, people were like, you've got to be kidding me. That's, you're really going to do that. I'm like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do otherwise? Make it up that it was like a wonderful, fantastic year. Cause that's not true. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. My, I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, I, I get your, your pain around that, but my, my favorite one, and I love that it's the kind of the first box on the page because it speaks to me of what you do. It speaks to me of what I see you, you offering for these women and children around the world and locally. And also it speaks to the human spirit and what we're all looking for. And that one's redemption. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's the one yeah. that chokes me up. So we have, we have four core values and it's to redeem, restore, empower, and equip. And those are in order because you first have to redeem the situation. So we are not redeemers. We come alongside and help redeem situations. We cannot redeem a person. Um, And then to restore. So you can't restore something until it's been redeemed, right? Until you've reclaimed that situation, that person's reclaimed themselves is when you can begin to restore and rebuild, right? Redeem, restore, empower. And um, empower means to impart power. So power has been taken away or the, the thought that power has been taken away. And so then we're imparting power back into these people. We're giving them back the power that they feel like they've been, like they've been taken from them, but they've harnessed all along. And then to equip. So our whole goal is to never create an environment where we are giving anything away. We very strongly disagree with handouts from a company standpoint, from an international and a domestic area, and that we're equipping people to be their best that we're equipping them with the tools and the skills that they need to live good, healthy lives. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there's nothing more powerful than realizing your own resourcefulness and, you know, understanding your own power and that, you know, you may have forgotten it, but it never left you. And I love that. I love your definition of empowerment. Like you're not, you're not giving anything so much as you're reminding them what they have in them and, and sort of give, almost giving permission to hear, have it, have it back, even though it never left you. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. So if you could leave us with, you know, some words of wisdoms besides definitely everyone go buy the candles, <laughs> which I'm going to totally advocate. What, what would it be? What could you leave us with to really sort of seal this conversation today? Yeah. So I think there's kind of two things and it's that I believe that if we can teach little girls to dream, that they will be the force that changes this world. But I believe more than that, that if we can teach broken women to dream like little girls again, that it'll be a force that this world is yet to see. And I think that what people need to hear is that the broken woman I'm speaking about is not the woman that's in our shop. It's the listeners. Mm. That we are all broken in some way. But if we could begin to dream like little girls again with that abandon, without that, that lack of confidence, but with that knowing that here's this dream that's in front of me, here's this dream that it lies within me. If we can begin to dream like little girls again, 
it'll be a force that this world is yet to see because as women, we are an oppressed society, right? Like we live in 2018, but it's beginning to be very talked about. And so if we could begin to dream like little girls, then it would be a force that this world is yet to see and that this world feels really dark right now. And, and, and there are many things that are horrible, human trafficking being one of them. But the beautiful thing about darkness is that when light enters, darkness has to flee. So if your room is completely dark and you light a candle in the middle of that room where that light enters, the darkness has to flee. It doesn't have an option. And so if each one of us could begin to realize that we have the same light within us and that we are the antidote to darkness, then darkness has to leave. And so if every Everybody just begins to realize that this is inside of them and takes that light out into the world that this world so desperately needs, then we'll be a much lighter world and there'll be less darkness. I, I mean, amazing. I'm speechless. Are you a speaker? You need to be speaking. You need to be on a pulpit somewhere. Do you do that? <laughs> I'm like, wait, when's the next event I'm going to have? She's coming. I have to have her come. Yeah. I mean, amazing. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Amber, for you being here. I wanted to, my little piece at the end is this beautiful quote that you have here by Margaret Mead, which is, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has, and that's what you're doing. And I'm so honored that you stopped here on She Rises and shared your story with us. I I could talk to you for another three hours. I love it. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the world and for your mission and, you know, and for taking care of yourself because we need you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for the time. Hey guys. Okay. We're back because I stopped recording that interview and I realized that I didn't ask the one question I was dying to know of Amber. And so this is a question is Amber, where did the name 11th Candle Co. come from? Yeah, so it comes from the math, the parable math uh, in Matthew 20 about the worker in the field. And the parable is just a story. So even if you're not somebody that's a faith believer, it's, it's a story. And so it goes like this and that, that there were people that were standing out in the market and these foremen went out to the market in the third hour and the fifth hour. And, and they asked them, you know, why are you standing here with so idle? Why are you not working? And they said, because nobody will hire us. And so they, they made agreements with them to work for 25 denarius and they went out into the field and they worked. And as they were working, they still went out into the, into the, to the market, even into the 11th hour. And these people, you know, they were like, why are you still standing there? Because still nobody will hire us. And so they said, you too go out into the field. And then when it came time to pay, the foreman um, instructed the, the field master to pay uh, the last ones first. And, and they gave them the 25 denarius. And by the time that they got around to the, to the ones that had been there at the beginning of the day, they were grumbling and complaining and saying, but why is it that we bore the the heat of the day and the, and the labor of the field, and we too get 25 denarius. And he said, did you not agree upon 25 denarius to work for the day? And he said, yes. And so he said, so let this be that this is how the kingdom of heaven works, that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And so I believe that even in the 11th hour that there's still hope and that the last shall be first and the first shall be last and that nobody should stand around in the market idling and saying that nobody will hire them. So even in the 11th hour, there's still hope. So beautiful. I'm so glad that we pressed record again because I needed to have that on this. Yeah, don't don't wait to get hired. Go out there and create the work. I love that. Even in the 11th hour. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you. Wasn't that a great show, everyone? I don't know about you, but I am completely inspired. And I hope for you that it wasn't just informational and entertaining, but that you really are inspired to take action 
Amber mentioned in the show that she and her team were going to provide us with an amazing discount code that you can use on your first order with 11th Candle Co. And here it is. You can get 25% off your entire order if you go on over to 11th Candle Co. and put in the code SHERISES at your checkout point. And I want to thank Amber and her team for that. That was super generous of you. And I don't know about you guys, but I am going to pretty much only get my candles from 11th Candle Co. from now on because I just so believe in this mission and I believe in Amber and her team. So enjoy that discount code. She rises. Make sure you type it in before you check out and get that 25% off. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 